I, I was thinking this week about, um, I was actually with a group of teenagers all weekend uh, at Camp Springville, just north of Birmingham. And uh, so it reminded me of uh, when I was a youth pastor and I would do trips, I, I got this wild hair that I wanted to take our kids on an adventure trip, so we went whitewater rafting and rappelling. How many of you ever gone rappelling? How many rappellers? Lift your hand real high. So not, just a few, right? Maybe less than 10 in the room. So I'd never been rappelling, but I thought, you know, people go rappelling. How hard is it, right? You get a rope, you don't hit the bottom, it'll be all right. So we got up and we get to go rappelling. They put all this stuff on you, and they anchor a guy down at the bottom that's holding the rope, and they tell you, now each strand of this rope will hold 1,800 pounds, and we've got three of them on you. So whatever you math people, whatever that is, that's a lot. I think they could lower an elephant down the side or something. You know, you're going to be fine. And so you get up there, though, to the top, and it's like a, whatever, 80-foot drop-off. And I don't know, you know, when you look up at 80 feet, it's not that high. When you look down on it, how many of you know like that's a lot, you know what I'm saying? From the top, you're like, oh yeah, it's no big deal. You get up there, it's more. And so um, the guy, so what happened is there's a rock that protrudes out like this, and the and and it kind of concaves down the to the floor, to the forest floor. And so they they made that point, their launching point, like a rock diving board. So you get on your little harness, you get right on the edge, and they tell you, okay, all right. You know, get on the edge, um, slide the heels of your feet off the rock, and just stand on the balls of your feet and kind of crouch down like you're going to sit down, you know. And, and I got up there, and, and my legs started to lose their strength. You know, they started to flop like rubber bands, and I thought, I wasn't expecting this. I didn't, you know, never repel. And I'm there, and when you look down between your feet, and you see nothing but 80 feet, of sky, whatever, you know, and, and ground down there, and like a little pebble will fall off your foot, and it'll drop for about 30 minutes, you know. And you go, I don't think Jesus has called us to do this. You know, I, I feel like we need to rethink this. And, and then comes the most vital instruction. Um, they say, now, lean back, and your brain is saying, lean back, and your body's going, you know, your body's going... Don't lean back, you'll die. Lean back, just sit down and let go. You know, and you're standing there and your legs, like you're starting to Charlie horse, your legs have locked tight, like your toenails have dug into the rock thinking, you idiot, if you let go, you're going to die. And they've gone through the whole thing, 1,800 pounds in the guy and he's anchored in the system and it won't break and you know, all the stuff, right, all the stuff. And then you've got, you know, 14-year-olds going, hurry up, man, it's my turn. Go. And, and, and you know what I find out the difference is? Um, it always seems simple to the person who's not afraid. Right? But the person that's afraid, it's like, this is not, you know. So I, I let go. And, uh, you know, kind of zip down the mountain. And it's one of the only adventure stories I have where no one was injured and nothing really went wrong. It was actually fun. I kind of went down. I went, I kind of like this. Now, I've never done it again. I don't know, I don't know, you know, why. But I remember liking it in that moment. But one of our other um, chaperones went a little while later. And she got out on the edge. And she just kind of climbed back in and said, I'm out. 
Like this, this isn't happening. But, but that story does remind me of this. Um, it's always, it always looks easy to the person who's not on the rope. And it always looks easy to the person who's not afraid. And I think one of the reasons that you and I have trouble forgiving is because we're afraid. I think we're afraid. We have trouble of letting go when we're wounded, when we're hurt, when we're offended. We have trouble letting go because we're afraid. We're afraid forgiveness won't work. We're afraid forgiveness won't fix it. We're afraid we'll get halfway down the rock and the rope won't hold. And so I think it's fear that holds us back. Now, maybe it's fear for you. Maybe it's something else. Whatever the reason is, we, when we struggle to forgive, we ultimately suffer. And that's what I want to I share with you for a few minutes this morning, almost conversationally, about forgiveness Because I believe with all of my heart, the Holy Spirit has appointed this day as a day of healing and a day of resolution and reconciliation all day long. We'll talk about it in a few minutes. So whatever the reason is that you and I struggle to forgive, the result's always the same. It causes a tremendous amount of suffering inside our heart. Now, we've all experienced unforgiveness, and you know how I know that? Because we live on earth. And when you live on earth, people hurt you. People that aren't supposed to hurt you hurt you. And people that you trust hurt you. And people that you didn't think would let you down let you down. And that's called being human. (laughs) Welcome to the human race. And so we all have stories this morning of someone who's hurt us, and we've all battled with the illusion of somehow staying angry is better than forgiving. And, and here's the reason I think we do that. When we, feel, uh, when we get wounded, we feel powerless. And so the only way to retain power is to hold on to anger. You might have wounded me. You might have hurt me. You might have done this to me. But you know what? I'll stay in control by maintaining my anger at you. And, and, and it's, a, it's a facade. It doesn't really work. We do it in an attempt to regain control because the only thing that we feel that we have power over or control over left is our own anger. To, so we hold a grudge and we don't forgive. It's, it's, it's a hypnotizing temptation that whispers each one of our names. In marriage, in relationship, in friendship, in family, at work, wherever people are. It happens. But what are the effects? What happens to us when we don't forgive? I I think there is a a myth that we we can withhold forgiveness. We can hold a grudge. We can harbor anger. We can... can, um, want to get that person back and we can just let that simmer inside our heart and there's no price to pay there's no cost but that's not true when we harbor unforgiveness there's a devastating effect on us unforgiveness affects us spiritually mentally emotionally and physically let me give you an example recent research is showing that there is a connection between unforgiveness and cancer 
unforgiveness, and cancer. According to Dr. Michael Berry, who wrote the book, The Forgiveness Project, 61% of all cancer patients have forgiveness issues. 61%. So I wanted to give you a very practical example of how harboring a grudge, holding on to anger, not forgiving has an effect not just on your mind, emotions, or spirit, but all the way out to your body. It reverberates through every part of you. Now listen, I'm not saying, shame on you, if you don't forgive, God's going to give you cancer. I'm not saying that, okay? Neither am I saying, if you get cancer, it's got to be because you're mad at somebody. Cancer is an extraordinarily complex sickness that I would never even pretend to understand. So I'm not saying that. I don't want anybody to hear that. What I am saying is unforgiveness and internalizing anger always hurts you, and it shows up in every part of you, including your body. You know, a rattlesnake... When it's cornered, will become so angry that sometimes it will even bite itself. Did you know that? And that's what it reminds me of in my life and your life when we get angry at someone because we're wounded and we won't forgive or we won't let go. We get so frustrated and bothered, we, we just keep biting ourselves and injecting poison into our system and making ourselves sick. The root of so many of our problems come from a wound inside of us that's not healed. It causes sickness and sleeplessness and fear and worry and cynicism and addictions and broken relationships. And so many times what's wrong with our present relationship is the wound from an earlier relationship that was never healed. Why do you, why do you think that we in, continue to see an increasing divorce rate in America? Because as a country, we're not well. We're sick. And we're harboring. And the culture war and all the tension, the relational tension in society continues to double us down and make us dysfunctional and wounded and sick on the inside. And so it's critical that we find inner healing. It's critical that we find for our own well-being. According to the Mayo Clinic, listen to this, letting go of grudges and bitterness will improve your health and give you peace of mind. According to the Mayo Clinic, right? Here's what they said. Forgiveness leads to healthier relationships, improved mental health, less anxiety, stress, and hostility, lower blood pressure, fewer symptoms of depression, a stronger immune system, improved heart health, improved self-esteem. Now, if I were to tell you that I had a pill that I could sell you and I could clinically guarantee you all those results, there would be a line from here to Gulf Shores. What I've got for you is better than a pill and it's free. And Jesus died to give it to you on the cross. And it will absolutely heal you. Here's my argument to you today. If unforgiveness can make you sick, then forgiveness can make you well. 
The problem is we oftentimes don't even know that we've buried for so long in so many ways and covered over and swept under the rug and not dealt with and avoided and, and buried it that these grudges many times from childhood have grown up with us in adulthood and they're so familiar to us now we don't, we don't know another way. We don't even know what's inside us. Now, we didn't have to wait 2,000 years for the Mayo Clinic to tell us this. We could have found this wisdom in the Bible. Tonight, we're going to be sharing communion. And so today, the whole day is a day of healing. It's soaked tonight at 5.30. I would encourage you to be a part of this soak service in the middle of these 21 days of prayer and fasting. This, this will be kind of like an addition to this morning's service. We're going to continue to pray as we receive communion tonight that the Lord's going to do a deep work of inner healing in our church so that our families and our spirits and our church might move forward in freedom this year. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, the Bible teaches us that we should not take communion in an unworthy manner. You've probably heard that phrase at some point in your life. It says if you take communion in an unworthy manner, you are taking uh, judgment on yourself. So what does that mean? Does that mean if I say a curse word, if it means if I told a lie, does it mean if I did something wrong and then I go take communion tonight, I'm going to fall over dead when I drink the juice? Well, I've never heard of that. I mean, if that's how God works, he's missed a lot of people. You know, he, he, the lightning bolt didn't hit the right spot because I hadn't seen that happen. So that scripture must mean something else. I, I've, I've never heard of anyone taking communion in an unworthy manner, whatever that means, and then just like the judgment of God falling on them. So it's got to mean something different. 1 Corinthians eleven twenty eight 28 says, Everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat of the bread and drink from the cup. Listen to this. For those who eat and drink without discerning the body of Christ. The whole context of chapter 11 was about relationships, grudges, forgiveness, resolving conflict. Why do you drink judgment on yourself when you take communion without forgiving those who've wounded you? Because you're violating the very nature of what communion is. Communion is about forgiveness. And when you take communion, you are drinking the cup and you are eating the bread and you are saying, I receive the forgiveness of God. But when you receive the forgiveness of God in communion, but refuse to give it away, you're violating communion. Forgiveness is coming to you, but it's not going through you. And forgiveness only comes to you and not through you, it will not heal you. It, it gets bottled up inside of you, and it doesn't do the work God sent it to do. So it's about God's forgiveness. That kind of unforgiveness will hurt you. Verse 30. That's why many among you are weak and sick. Uh-oh. See it again? We don't need the Mayo Clinic. I'm grateful that the Mayo Clinic has proven it. But a good reading of the Bible will also show it to us. That's why a number of you are weak and sick and some have fallen asleep 
watch this, because you take communion in an unworthy manner. Does that mean that if you're holding a grudge against somebody and you take communion, God's going to judge you and make you sick? No. That's not what it means. That's not how God works. God is a God of mercy and grace. But here's how it works. It means that if you live, if you live like that, trying to receive forgiveness, receive forgiveness, receive forgiveness, receive, but you never give it away or you withhold it from those around you, you are judging yourself and making yourself sick. And we now have scientific proof that holding a grudge and having bitterness and anger will absolutely physically make you sick. And it will emotionally make you sick, and it will mentally make you sick, and it will spiritually make you sick. And so what, what communion is, is a reminder to the believer that as I approach this table, I'm approaching the table of forgiveness and healing. And therefore, I must give away what I am receiving so that I might walk in freedom. It's the only way to walk in freedom. James 5.16 says it this way, Therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other that you might be healed. That you might be healed. So in this series we've been talking about the Lord's Prayer. That's a long introduction, isn't it? In this series we've been talking about the Lord's Prayer and we've talked about our Father's kingdom. Last week we talked about our daily bread. Today we're going to talk about our inner healing. Our inner healing. Jesus actually put in the Lord's Prayer everything that we need to experience divine inner healing. So would you just stand with me and let's read the Lord's Prayer one more time again this morning. Matthew chapter 6, verse 9 through 13. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. You can be seated. Now, we've said in this series all along, Jesus gave this prayer as an answer to the question or the request, teach us how to pray. So when he gave the prayer, it was his way of teaching us how to do prayer. Not just what prayer to pray, but how to do prayer. And so the question we have to ask in every verse of this prayer is what was Jesus trying to teach us about prayer when he gave us this verse? What was Jesus trying to say when he said, when you pray, pray like this, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Well, Here's the thought for the day if you want to write it down. Here's what I believe he was trying to tell us. Inner healing begins with prayer and ends with forgiveness. Inner healing begins with prayer and ends with forgiveness. So what do we do? Just forgive? Just let go of the rope. It'll be fine. Just What could go wrong? Sounds easy for you to say you weren't the one that was hurt. It's always easier for the person that's not hurt. It's always easier for the person that's not afraid. It's always easier for the person that's not sitting on the ledge. But what about the one that was wounded? There's all kinds of wounds. 
you know, somebody looked at you wrong. They cut you off in traffic. You know, what's wrong with that crazy person? Someone disrespected you. Person made an insensitive comment about you or to you. Someone left you out of the group or rejected you. Friends or family who abandoned you. And the wounds just get deeper. Someone stole from you. Someone attacked you to ruin your reputation or to harm you or to, or to minimize you or to change other people's opinion of you. And then there's someone's verbally abused you or emotionally or physically or sexually abused you. Maybe someone betrayed you or cheated on you. There are horror stories floating in the air so bad we hardly even talk about them in public. But they're real. And the pain is real. And they're damaging. And they leave us broken and frozen. Stuck for years and years and years. Trapped, unable to move forward. And these kind of wounds have a crippling effect on us. So the fear of just let go of the rope is justifiable. People don't make that stuff up. Forgiveness is not as easy as it sounds. Just let go. Get over it. Forgive. Well, let's talk for a minute. Why do we, why do we struggle to forgive? Well, there's probably more reasons than I'm aware of, but I think it generally comes from fear. I think we struggle to forgive because we're afraid. What are we afraid of? We're afraid forgiving will hurt us and help the person who hurt us. In other words, I'm afraid if I forgive you for what you did, my life's going to be worse off and yours is going to be better off. You got away with it. Isn't that a fear? I can't just stand by and, and let this happen and not say anything about it and not deal with it and just pretend everything's okay. I can't do that, so what do we do? We do the only thing we know to do. We stay angry because we're afraid. We're afraid if we let go, that person's going to get away scot-free. They're not going to have to pay for it or whatever, and then we're going to hurt because we believe anger protects us, and the truth is, anger does protect us in an emergency. It's a great emergency tool. It's a terrible lifestyle. And so what happens is, is we have to let go. I think we're afraid that we'll get hurt again. I've got good news for you. Forgiveness and reconciliation are not the same thing. You don't have to reconcile with someone in order to forgive them. Now, let me tell you why. Because some of the people that you need to forgive aren't even alive anymore. So if forgiveness and reconciliation, if reconciliation is necessary for forgiveness, you're stuck. Unless they're not the same thing. And they're not the same thing. Because some people you can't reconcile with. Because some people, if you try to reconcile with them, they will hurt you again and again and again and again. Because they're somebody they're not forgiving. And until they do, they're only going to keep hurting the people around them. And so you can absolutely forgive someone. And here's the other thing. The other person doesn't have to change in order for you to forgive them. So if you clean your act up, you know, I'll forgive you. Well, that's not forgiveness. That's a contract. So it's entirely possible for you to forgive someone and them never change. 
Now, it doesn't mean that you let them continue to hurt you. But it does mean their transformation is not a requirement for your forgiveness. I think we're also afraid sometimes the other person, as I said, will get away with it. We think if I forgive them, I'm condoning their behavior. Or I'm minimizing it and pretending like it wasn't really that big a deal. Forgiving is not pretending it didn't happen and it's not making it less than it was. Forgiveness is letting it go in spite of how bad it was. I also think, as I said at the beginning, we are afraid to forgive because we think forgiveness won't fix it. Sometimes we're afraid forgiveness won't fix it because we misunderstand what forgiveness is. You know, I can hear, I can hear in the back of our minds this morning, I've tried that before. I mean, I, I, mean, I, I, mean, I tried to forgive and, you know, nothing happened. And because we think forgiveness is, I mean, I never tried to pay them back. I never got revenge. When they were mean to me, I was nice to them. Now, outwardly, I was nice to them. Inwardly, I was harboring frustration against them, waiting for them to make a mistake so I could say, see, they hadn't changed. That, that's not forgiveness. We think forgiveness is just trying really hard not to be mean. Well, after what they did, I mean, all I could do is be nice to them. And that's it. That's the most I could do. But that's not the same thing as forgiveness. We, 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 we are nice to them on the outside, but inside we believe they deserve worse. So there's an incongruence in our own behavior. In our own strength, we don't have the power to forgive. We need Jesus' help. And sometimes we think forgiveness won't fix it because we're afraid. Listen, in our circumstances, God's way won't work. Oh, in yours it will, but you don't know my story. God's forgiveness works for most people, but not mine. And we think we're the exception. So, as we wrap up this morning, let's just end here. How do you do it? How do you get to the edge of the cliff and let go of the rope? How do you forgive I'm going to give you a few steps you can take immediately. Number one, name the wound. I was neglected. I was abused. I was lied to. I was lied about. Name the wound. There's a lot of clarity that comes when we just confess what the actual wound to our soul and our heart and our mind actually is. Number two, Name the person. So-and-so, this person rejected me. This person left me. This person hurt me. This person lied about me. This person cheated on me. Name the wound. Name the person who did the wound. Now maybe you say, I've forgiven everyone. And I'm sure there are people here who have completely forgiven everyone. But just to make sure... Here's how you can test your, your inner healing and forgiveness. Sometimes sit down and make a list of all the people you can think of who've hurt you. Just write their name down. Who hurt you? In life, across your lifetime, that you can remember. Who are the people that have hurt you? And have you totally forgiven them? Do you hold contempt for them? Do you feel anger toward them? Do you secretly wish 
that they would endure a little bit of suffering. And if they did, that would make life a little more fair after what they did to you. See, if you can't wish another person the best, then you're still angry. Until you can pray for and wish for and hope for their best life for them, then you're still angry. And there's still a layer. And I think, by the way, forgiveness is a process. So name the wound, name the person. Number three, ask God for help. You cannot give what you do not have. And so ask God to fill you so full of his own forgiveness in your life that it will simply overflow onto those around you. God, I cannot forgive without you. I don't have the grace. I don't have the strength. I don't, the wound, the trauma, the pain, the heartache, the years of suffering are too thick for me. They're too heavy for me. God, I cannot let go. But with your help, God, help me. Ask God for help. Number four, remember God's forgiveness in your life. The Bible says if we've committed one sin, we've broken the whole law. So we have this um, tendency as humans to compartmentalize. Well, I might have done this, but I never did that. I mean, I might have done some wrong stuff, but I would never do to anyone what so-and-so you know, has done to me. But the thing is, you don't deserve the grace you got. Where did it come from? You can't earn it. You can't earn forgiveness. But sometimes we think we deserve it a little more than someone else. We don't deserve it at all. So let God's forgiveness flow to you and through you and realize the gift that you got. Here's what we have to understand about our own sin. Your sin hurt God as much as their sin hurt you. And until you realize that, you'll never understand how much you've been forgiven for. Whatever anyone, I'm not, I'm not demeaning it, I'm not minimalizing it, I'm not saying it wasn't a big deal. People have endured atrocious things that they should have never endured. However, the hurt that has been introduced into your life by someone else's sin is not a greater pain than your sin and my sin to God. And when we understand that, It changes our perspective, and we understand the size of the gift that we've received from the Father through the Son on the cross. Number five, prayerfully let it go. Prayerfully let it go. What does forgiveness mean? Here's what it means to me. You don't owe me anything. When you can say that, Inside your own heart with integrity. I let this person go from their obligation, from their responsibility of repaying me, of fixing this, of changing their behavior, of whatever. You don't owe me anything. So I'm going to stop trying to collect on the debt. That's what we do when we're mad. We try to collect on the debt. We try to get them to feel what we feel. We try to get them to go through what we went through. We try to 
you know, we try to pay them back. We give them the silent treatment. We have snide remarks. We undermine them. We gossip about them. We, we do things that just try to erode away at their life to make their life a little worse because internally we believe they owe us. And even when they do something good for us, we say, and if, even if it's a sacrifice for them to do, we say, well, good, you owed me. That's not forgiveness. Forgiveness is... I release you from your responsibility to ever repay me or fix what you did to me. I let you go. That's what forgiveness is. Letting go is a process, though. It's kind of like peeling an onion. I find that what God wants you to do is let go of the part that you can see today. And there may come another day where God will let you see another part. And when He does, you let that layer go. And then maybe you think, gosh, that's the, that's the thing about inner healing and a journey of forgiveness. It's not an event. It doesn't just happen in a moment. The layers peel off in time. The greater the wound, the more the layers. And so God's not the God sitting there pounding you on the head saying, hurry up and 100% let it all go now or forget it. That's not God. God says, I'll just surface the amount of this pain that you can handle today. And if you'll let go of the amount that I've shown you today, then tomorrow will work on tomorrow. Because God will take you through the process of healing. And if it's a big, giant wound, there's a lot of layers. And if it's been a long time, there's a lot of layers. But they will come off. And you can be free. And you can be well. So you have to prayerfully let it go. Here's number six. Last one. Experience freedom. Oh, my Lord. Oh, my Lord. The joy that comes to a human soul when you quit harboring anger and you quit dragging those weights around everywhere you go and quit dragging your childhood around and dragging your last marriage around and dragging the pain around and your mom and your dad and what they did to you and what they didn't do for you and what the other person and your when you stop dragging it all around my God the freedom that comes to your soul the joy that comes to your soul the peace that comes to your soul you start to stand up taller you start to live lighter you don't hold your head in shame anymore you look people in the eye there's a joy and a vibrancy and a resilience inside your soul when you forgive the other person's life may actually not change at all but you will your life will flourish my favorite quote my favorite thought about forgiveness comes from an old little classic book you've probably never heard of from an author you've probably never heard of named Lewis Smeads. It's called The Art of Forgiving. And here's what he says. To forgive is to set a prisoner free and discover that prisoner was you. You're not doing anything to the other person by holding something against them. They may actually move on in forgiveness and healing and you, and you stay in a cage. 
You're not doing anything for them. But when you forgive, you just set yourself free. You just set yourself free. And there's nothing like it. What was Jesus teaching us about prayer when he taught, forgive us our debts as we forgive those, forgive our debtors? Here's what he was teaching us. Inner healing begins with prayer and ends with forgiveness. So today, it's time to pray. Would you stand with me? Today, it's time to pray. Every eye closed. I want to ask our prayer team if you'll come. Would you just be still for a moment and open your hearts? We're going to let you go in just a minute. I want to ask you something personal, and I want to ask you something a little sensitive. Is there anybody in your life that you need to forgive? Is there anybody in your life that you need to forgive? Who hurt you? Who are the people in your lifetime that have, that have done things against you that they should not have? That have wounded you? Have you forgiven them? Have you let them go? With every eye closed, maybe there's someone you need to forgive. This will sound a little strange, but some of you here need to forgive God. Now, what I mean by that is God didn't ever do anything wrong. God can't do wrong. God didn't ever mistreat you. But if you were honest, you're angry at Him. You're angry because of circumstances. You're angry because something has come in your life and you need to let God go. God doesn't owe you anything. And you need to let Him go. And you need to accept Him as He is. And when you do, in His mercy and grace, your, your anger and frustration will begin to heal. You don't have to be mad at God. Maybe some of you today, you need, to, you need forgiveness from God. Maybe you're the one that did the wounding. You've wounded God's heart or you've wounded someone else's heart. And it's a heavy weight and it's time for you. Maybe the person you wounded won't get free. We don't know. But you can be free. And, and maybe you've apologized a thousand times. But you just can't find freedom. Today is your day. God wants to forgive you. And He wants to heal you. And He wants to remove this thing once and for all. And there's a, there's a few of you here that may even need to forgive yourself. And what I mean by that is, God has forgiven you, but you haven't been able to accept it. And today is the day that you accept it. So here's what I'm going to do. We've been praying all week about this morning because we knew it was a divinely appointed moment that God wanted to heal. And now it's your turn. With every eye closed, if you need forgiveness, you need to be forgiven, you need to forgive someone, what I want you to do in just a moment is come to one of the prayer team and ask them to pray with you for God's help. 
you can't do any of the things I mentioned without God's help. So this is a safe place. This is a safe space. As I begin to pray, I want you to take a courageous step toward your own freedom and your own healing. And I want you to begin to come right now. And I want you to lay these things down. Begin to let go. Maybe this is the third layer or the fourth layer or the tenth layer. Whatever layer it is, you're just going to come in the name of Jesus and say, by God's grace, I let go of the part that I see today. Holy Spirit, I ask you right now that you would draw every person that needs to be forgiven, that needs to give forgiveness, that needs grace, that needs to forgive you, Lord, that needs to let go. God, by your own mercy, I pray that you draw. As the worship team begins to sing, I want you to come right now. I want you to come right now. Come right now. Don't wait. Don't hesitate. Don't look around. Don't think I'll deal with it later. Don't think it'll go away. It's not going away in all these years and all these months. It's not going to go away now. You have to act on what you've heard. Holy Spirit, do a work of healing now. You need grace. That's what you're saying. You need grace. I want you to come right now. Maybe you need God to heal you. Maybe you need healing before you can even forgive. God, heal me so I can forgive. I want you to come right now. I want you to come right now. today that you would give them grace Lord I pray today for the one who hasn't even seen or has buried the wound so deeply they haven't seen it yet God would you surface it in the coming days and Lord for the one who who knows they're battling but is afraid God I pray you'd calm the fear and you'd give grace and peace and Lord for the one who's ready God would you lead them into the process of letting go just letting go today. God, let your grace and peace go with us. And Lord, continue this healing work all the way through communion tonight. In Jesus' name.
As the worship team sings again, I'm going to ask our prayer team just to stay for a few minutes. If you want to slip in after service is dismissed, we'd love to talk to you. If you need to be dismissed, please stop by and see some of our life group leaders on your way out and uh, find a group to connect with this winter and spring. God bless you. He covers me.